Manimal here. It is Friday, December 22nd, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to talk about the Yamamoto deal, what it means for the Rangers. We're also going to talk about the new rule changes in baseball that came down yesterday. We've also got center field as our position of topic today, and we're going to do number five on our top 15 moments of the 2023 Texas Rangers season. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. Welcome to the special Christmas edition of Texas Rangers with the boys. And we have a special present for you guys coming up this weekend. And we'll tell you about that a little bit later. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. You can find me on social media at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Also, you can find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers WTV. You can also check us out on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And we have back after just demand after demand after demand returning. Morning Bull is back. We are back with Morning Bull and begin to celebrate that. I haven't said a word about who your 2023 Texas, who your 2023 World Series champions are. I'm going to go ahead and give that honor to my co-host, Morning Bull, aka Bull, aka Manimal. How you doing, buddy? Take it away. Well, I'm doing good. And I also heard a rumor this morning that no matter how mm. much money that the Los Angeles Dodgers spent last night or the <laughs> last two weeks, that the Texas Rangers are the mm. 2023 World Series champions. Now, mm. um, you know, uh, we've all learned over the course of watching the evil empire work through the the aughts that, mm. you know, spending a ton of money doesn't uh, ensure winning a, a, a championship. So mm. we're not going to talk about this like it's the end of the world for the Rangers. We're going to talk about what the Rangers need to do to put themselves in a position to get right back in the mix. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Morning Bull, how you doing? Oh, man, you know, it's, it's morning, so it, it's a, a whole different ball game for me. But I've been uh, I've been up now for a couple of a uh, couple of minutes. So, you know, I, I can't say hours. That'd be a lie. That'd be a lie. Mm. I mean, maybe maybe 45 minutes, something like that. But either way, uh, Morning Bull is ready to tackle the day, tackle the Texas Rangers with the boys podcast. But before I tackle that, before we tackle that, we'd be remiss if we didn't tell people that they could find me on X at Manimal Bull, Instagram, Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok Bull Pro. So start the show, Kev. Let's do it. Yeah, man. So if you haven't heard yet, for the first time all offseason, a signing happened actually before uh, the podcast so that we could talk about it. And good thing we didn't uh, go go last night because we would have would have happened to us again. Um, I don't know his first name. I'm not going to try it. Yamamoto Yoshinubu. to the, the Yamamoto. to the Dodgers, and this officially puts the Dodgers over one billion dollars in spending, doubling what the Rangers spent a couple of years ago on Simeon and Seager. Unprecedented territory. I have a feeling that we are going to see some changes in the uh, MLB's luxury tax and the way that they do things after what the Dodgers are doing right now. 
I have a feeling you're only going to get away with this kind of thing one time. I, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the, the the case. I don't know if uh, Major League Baseball, you know how they thrive to have the Yan- the Yankees and Dodgers be good. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a good chance that uh, uh, old what's-his-face, Rob Manfred, he's probably watching this going like, oh, this is exactly what we needed. The Dodgers are spending as much money as they can. The Yankees are being competitive with their their bids as well. We've got what we want, you know. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. know that it'll change the way baseball, uh, you know, the luxury tax and all of that stuff happens. And, I mean, the Dodgers, the way they're finagling things around, uh, they may be uh, under that luxury tax when all mm-hmm. is said and done. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see. But, you know, I mean, I know they're, they've they got a ton of deferred to Otani, but I know that the Yoshinubu uh, Yamamoto deal doesn't have any deferred money. Um, it also mm-hmm. has a couple of opt-outs in it and a, a $50 million signing bonus, and then $50 million will go to uh, uh, Yamamoto's former club in Japan. Um, but you know, the, I guess, I guess all of that, that we heard about, uh, Yamamoto wanting to go and be the star somewhere and be his own, his own man. Yeah. Yeah. It was all kind of just, you know, uh, window dressing and all of that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I mean, he picked playing for the biggest club in the biggest market with the biggest star with the. Uh, you know, so I don't know that, I don't know that, I mean, I ain't mad at him. You do what you got to do. Uh, I know he got what he needed out of things. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you can't be too mad at him for taking, uh, what, 325 million over 12 years. I think it's going to be paid out in 12 at 20, at 275 after the signing bonus. So, you know, I mean, good for him. Good for the Dodgers, I guess. Uh, you know, like the real question is, is, is it going to be just like it was the last couple of years? The Dodgers win 105, 106 games, and then they've got 100 complaints after they lose in three games in the AL. <coughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, oh, you're all right. We'll, we'll find out about it. I know you've been feeling a little under the weather lately, so I'm not going to, not going to hold a, hold it against you too much there, Kev. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm in, you know, that's why they play the game and nobody wins a World Series on paper. Well, and and I just think, like, I, what I find kind of interesting was that that whole Texas Rangers buying a World Series narrative, uh, that ended really quick once the free agency started and the Dodgers started doing what they're doing, didn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, how how can the Rangers trying to be competitive be buying a world championship, but the Dodgers who were already spending to be competitive – overspending and and you know uh, making the market something outrageous you know that's good for the game but the rangers they spent a little bit of money i mean really all this is is the dodgers overcompensating for not giving Corey seager 300 million a couple of years ago 100 percent overcompensating for that what a, what a, how funny is that though you know it's like you had the best possibly the best player in baseball already your world series MVP and you let him go to Texas. But anyway, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's shelve this and talk a little bit. I mean, we could go on and on and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this here in a minute when we talk about what does this signing mean for the Rangers? 
Um, now, the Major League Baseball has uh, implemented a few more tweaks to the rule changes. Read through it all. Um, I know that people are going to just freak out. Even the way, even the article said it in a way that was almost kind of like, uh, let me read the ESPN, just not the article itself, but the way it was, was worded. So it says, um, let's see, MLB. Okay. It, it's not on the main page anymore. I'll, I'll well, it up in a second. But the point is, is that it's like, um, it's like kind of like knocking them for, oh yeah. MLB again, tinkers with pitch clock. Uh, comma well, base paths. What it's they like, found out, what they found out with the pitching, which with the pitching, is that mm-hmm. pitchers it, with twenty seconds left on the clock, they they were had an average of seven point three seconds remaining on the twenty mm-hmm. second timer in twenty twenty three. So what they did was they decided, you know what, we're going to take a couple of seconds off of this. They they've dropped it from twenty seconds to eighteen seconds with runners on board on on base. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and most of that is, is basically from, you know, the idea that they're, they're gaining time anyway. So let's cut down on the time. Um, I don't know that two seconds is going to change a whole lot. I've seen so much about this hurry, her making pitchers hurry up and pitch is hurting, you know, uh, up and Tommy John, but oh, God. I mean, can we, like, I think like the idea that we don't talk about spin rate and all of that stuff when we, you know, like that's more important to Tommy John than, than, than pace. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to, uh, uh, MLB withdrew a proposal that would have required the home plate umpire to immediately reset the pitch clock after a batter called timeout. Um, if a pitcher is warming up on the field between innings, you mm-hmm. can no longer go out at the start of the inning, go get that pitcher, and go to another pitcher. He has to pitch to at least one pitcher. Mm-hmm. They're also going to drop mound visits from five to four, mm-hmm. and you'll still be awarded an extra mound visit in the ninth inning if you don't have one. So, um, not much there. Uh, I mean, I could. Uh, that is kind of a. That could be. That that is a. I mean, that's a big drop. You know, one mound visit actually doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it is a lot. But I do agree with it. I, I don't I, – right now, like, I think what MLB is doing – sorry, I just jumped in right in the middle of your thing. Um, it happens on here all the time, I think. But I think what they're doing is is they're – it's not a bad thing. And, and I'm a traditional, like, you know, I'm all about the the – sticking to the the with the you know the heart of the game and all I'm all about that but I just think like I really enjoyed the game last year and watching the game on TV I think that this made for a better product on television period so I'm okay with them tweaking it and refining it that's my two cents sorry to interrupt if you have oh no problem oh, as we get on into things uh um what else did I see here uh that um Let's see. Mound visits from five to four. The field time timing coordinator will now restart the timer after a dead ball. When the pitcher has the ball, the play is ready to resume. There will no longer be a requirement for the pitcher to be on the mound for the pitch clock to start. Um, pitchers who warm up uh, or pitchers who hit the warning track for their, mm-hmm. uh, to be brought into a game, they will, it will now be uh, restarted at two minutes instead of two minutes and 15 seconds. And then the runners 
um, the runner's uh, lane has been widened to include the whole dirt area in the foul line. So it'll be uh, the foul line in the infield grass will be uh, 18 and 24 inches in all parks. So the, you know, they're going to give more, a more limited grace period uh, or grace area now uh, is going to be granted. So that's basically, I mean, it doesn't change things a whole lot. Um, It doesn't really put a definition on the runner's lane, which is kind of like the problem in the first place. But if they're widening it to the, the infield grass on the, on the, uh, on the left side of the infield, it gives guys a, a straighter opportunity to get down the line, but uh, you know, nothing, nothing super serious, nothing that's going to change the game as much as what we went through last year, just a couple of tweaks here and there to kind of redefine some of the things that they did last year. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and, and I don't have any pro- – like, none of it really raises any red flags for me. Um, I think the only one that ever really – I was just kind of a head-scratcher was making the bases a little bigger. But uh, it really didn't – I mean, it is what it is. That, that I'm not – that's not something I'm, like, ready to go and have a full-on, like, conversation well, about because no, it's not that big of a deal that, to me. All those things that we talked about last year when we talked about the – bases being bigger you know they didn't really affect the texas rangers because those guys that we thought that would get more stolen bases and stuff out of it and get more uh on base out of it it didn't really happen for those guys yep yeah didn't really matter so hey uh before we jump into what this yamamoto signing does for the rangers uh i know you got something cool to talk about coming up on january 26th the day before my mom marie who is a saint uh, her birthday is on the 27th. So well, why don't you tell them about January 26th? Of course, your mom and my mom are both January, late January babies and, and, mm. and are the same. Uh, of course, that makes the, the most sense. So a couple of days after my mom's birthday, a couple of days before your mom's birthday, we're going to get together over at the Southside Preservation Hall in Fort Worth. Matt War Pro is going to bring to you Bash. I'm sorry brawl at the hall too mm. you know bash at the beach is just so steadily in my mind all the time mm-hmm. so it's always got to be there but anyways that's for that's only for the wrestling aficionados on here but anyways right. uh big show you know our sponsors big dogs uh hot dogs kelly's onion burgers starry's ice cream are all going to be out there so uh we're, we're just looking forward to it friday january 26th Bell time will be about 8 o'clock, so come on out. Enjoy a big night of wrestling. Check out our sponsors. Go find them wherever they're out and about at and uh, get you a, a burger or a hot dog or or definitely some of that ice cream. Beautiful, beautiful. That was, that was a very concise, <coughs> clear, and compelling uh, commercial there for – Morning uh, Bull is finest. Man, Morning Bull is on it. So, so okay, all right. So I'm going to preface this next question that I have in a way that it's it's empathetic towards Rangers fandom. And as a non-Rangers fan um, who could care less about the emotional element of everything because my team didn't world win the World Series because I'm not a Rangers fan, um, you know, can totally see where, you know, the Rangers doing the smart thing uh, in terms of giving, you know, the, the, the free agent pitching market right now is just, especially at the top end, is ballooned way beyond what we had had expected it to be. And the more these guys sign these 30 million a year, 30 plus million dollar a year contracts, the higher it drives up 
the value or drives up the price uh, on, you know, the, the really probably the most interesting or the most coveted free agent for the majority of Rangers fandom. And that would be obviously Jordan Montgomery. So the real question is, is not really, you know, from a Rangers fan perspective, you know, like, and, and also maybe of a, from an objective perspective, you know, what does the Yamamoto signing, the glass now signing, you know, what does this mean for the Rangers where they are right now going into the season really in the first half, uh, really light uh, on starting pitching compared to where they were last year? Well, yeah, um, the, they are. They're, they're different. You know, last year going into the season, you know, they had the idea that Dunning and Raggins could start games for them uh, in those spot starts positions. Uh, that didn't end up, you know, happening with with Raggins, but it did with Dunning. So they found a piece in there, and I think I think Dunning has earned a spot in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I mean, the, they brought Heaney here to be a rotation piece. So, you know, I mean, they're paying him basically, you know, we talk about like, the, you know, the Flaherty, this, that, that you like on a one-year 14. Well, that's basically what Andrew Heaney's on now. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys are both probably going to be in the rotation. Um, and then your fifth starter right now is looking at at uh, Bradford. And, you know, Bradford is – he's um, – you know, not got the experience, but he learned, he got a lot of valuable experience last year, not just pitching in the regular season, but pitching in the postseason in big situations for the Rangers and performing relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that the Rangers are, are hard pressed to go out and sign another starter just based on what they've got because of the idea that, at some point in June, some point in July, you're going to get three, two top of the rotation starters back and a guy that's that's definitely middle of the rotation that can help this thing in Tyler Molly. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the plan is. I mean, you know, you know, it's me and I, it ain't my money. So I would spend it as lucratively as I'd like to spend it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, mm-hmm. of course, I would have been in on Otani if it was, you know, I mean, right. based on it being not my money and 700 million seems fair. Let's bring him in here. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It. Like, but like, it's not my money. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had this argument over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is probably a three, maybe a two top level, but. Mm-hmm most likely a three has moments where he pitches like a two or a one, but for the most part, you know, probably a three. So his, his, the Rangers have already got 150 million tied up over the next five years to the top two pitchers in Eovaldi and, and, and DeGrom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I just don't know where they're at. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any read on what CY's doing. He doesn't give out any any information or anything like that. So I really don't have an idea. And you know that's uh, that's kind of where I got to leave it at. I I mean, of course I'd love Montgomery back. I'd love Burns in here. I'd love uh, Blake Snell in here as well. I could look past those strikeouts for that vicious curveball. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just really I mean, it's up in the air. So I'll, I'll kind of throw my two cents here. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, we, we 
we both we kind of have a disagreement on the value of Montgomery. I I think he's more of a two than he is a three. Uh, he's a two more than he's a three, but I would say he's also in that weird kind of like kind of like middle ground. I know it's hard to be that, but but it's just kind of where he is. Um, and I I think that hey the market is what the market is. The, we can't change that. The market gets set when you know the Phillies kick it off with overpaying and then all of a sudden everything just starts flying um and i think yeah, that that i'd almost have nola is i mean i guess i guess you could call him a two but i would mm-hmm. think of him and montgomery both as more threes than twos but mm-hmm. well yeah. and, and i think that probably kind of solidifies that we kind of maybe view a two what a two is a little differently um, and, and again, I, I, that, that's not even a conversation worth having. I would put Nola a little bit higher than Montgomery. So I'd put him as a definite, a solid two, uh, can carry your team as an ace when he's great. But, um, both of those guys, like, like, so I, I could see like how not wanting to overpay for Montgomery in a vacuum is like a completely solid idea. Where I think that it's worth it is the fact that you've got the Eovaldi contract falling off. You've got the Heaney contract falling off. You've got the Gray contract falling off. Maybe you re-sign those guys. Maybe you don't. But Montgomery could be someone that can stay sturdy and solid throughout that whole process. You know you've got DeGrom here for another five years or four years so or five, just depending. So it's like you could at least have two, a veteran righty and a veteran lefty a solid ace and a solid guy that can top in be a two or, or at worst be a three. And you've got those two guys in your rotation. And now you've got two rotation spots that you can kind of fill as you need to fill it, whether it's with young talent or whether it's with, um, you know, veteran signings that you make because maybe your young talent isn't working out. So for me, the, the, it's a good long-term investment in terms of Montgomery, just because of those things I'm saying right now. On the other side of it, it's a good investment because of the gap that you have in the first half coming up this year. Uh, I don't want to leave it up to chance. So those are my kind of two cents on it, because I think that's how you can get value out of a signing of a Montgomery. Or like, honestly, like if we jump a level up and bring in Snell, uh, because, hey, like my theory on this is like, all right, you don't want to overpay. All right, Montgomery. Well, then, heck, then just then just pay for the uh, an ace. Go get a go get a super stud, pay the topper, the higher end of the market and get a guy that's legitimately two times Cy Young, you know, get that. And then you're all set like that. Those are my kind of thoughts on it. I, I, I want to have open spots in that rotation over the next couple of years so that the younger pitchers on this team can have places to be plugged into it. Um, So that's kind of my thoughts on it. You know, I I don't know what the Rangers are going to do either, though. I think that's where we're both kind of like, it's kind of a moot point until we really know what the strategy is with the Rangers and they're not playing. Well, we'll, and we'll see if, if free agency goes through the, uh, goes past and the Rangers haven't made any moves, then you're, you're Mm -hmm. probably looking at, uh, either standing pat or making a trade. And then if we get to the, uh, you know, I mean, it, it just, you just have to wait on them and there's not much mm-hmm. we can, there's not much we can change about how it's going for them. How do you feel about the consolation plan? Like, let's say we don't go top end in the free agent pitching market. How do you feel about like, cause some of these one year deals are pretty, are pretty economical. I think, I think you're seeing some pretty decent 
one year contracts, even maybe two year and an option kind of deal like we got on Eovaldi or on Heaney. Uh, I think that's a good backup plan if we don't go the big big signing long contract route. I, I, I don't mind like bringing a couple more guys of that caliber in here like the Heaney's or the Eovaldi type guys. Yeah, and I don't know that that's not the case. They may be looking to add depth, and you could tell that they were looking to add depth with with Molly. I don't think that, uh, you know, I mean that was that was a calculated move in that sense as well. It was a guy that they've liked for a long time, um, so I can see them still making a move. There there are guys out that are still out there that could be one year guys, and then again, you know, I mean, there's also a guy like Marcus Stroman who could come in here and mm-hmm. be a bulldog. Uh, you might be able mm-hmm. to get him on maybe a little bit of a shorter deal like you got Evaldi on last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of wait and see. But I think uh, I think all we're doing right now is kind of talking into the air and hoping mm-hmm. for, for something really nice right now when, uh, yeah, maybe – Maybe maybe it is going to happen. Maybe it isn't going to happen. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, I feel, I feel confident in, in the Rangers being able to hold Pat enough to get those guys back and, and make a real charge into the playoffs. Yeah, and make no bones about it. Once this lineup is set, once the season, once spring training kicks off, we're 110% behind this team, and we're, we're looking for a repeat no matter what. So let's talk about center field. Um, I would have to say – one of your favorite guys on the team um, is holding down center field and really fighting off, uh, fighting off everything, <laughs> fighting off the media, fighting off younger uh, player, you know, other minor leaguers coming through. But to me, I'm perfectly content with Leo Tavares as a center fielder. He hits right-handers. He hits left-handers. He's got speed. He's got the arm. Um, I, I'm, I think he, I, I think most teams would love to have, a guy like Leody Tavares uh, manning yeah, the center I, field. I thought Leody did a really, really good job this year. Um, first time in his career that he's played more than a hundred ball games in a season. Uh, he did have a, a an extended slump in uh, you know August, Ju- July, August. Kind of started picking it back up in uh, in September and uh, and did well enough in the World Series to you know, justify bringing him back to play center field. I mean, I know everybody's ready to run him out of town and put Evan Carter there, but like when you look at it, I mean, they're both a couple of young players, but when you look at uh, defense, I still think Leody Tavares is a better defensive center fielder than, than uh, Evan Carter. And I know that uh, people Mm -hmm. will pinpoint on one play or this play, or he doesn't dive or something like that uh, to get away from that. But, Honestly, he's a he's a plus two defensive run saved uh, in his basically first really full season as a center fielder. I only I only imagine that he'll improve, and if he gets pushed off the position by a couple of guys that are playing better than him, well, that's just the way it happens sometimes. But um, wor- worst case for scenario for Leody Tavares is he's definitely a, a platoon type good fourth outfielder that you could trust every day in the lineup uh, here. But I imagine mm-hmm. that if he's not going to play in the lineup here every day, that he would have a, a, a high value elsewhere um, as far as, as oh. uh, you know, a market for him to play elsewhere because he's a good center fielder. He had a nice year at the plate last year. He's got some good pop. Lots to like about Leody Tavares behind him. You've got to believe that, uh, 
Evan Carter is the guy behind him. And, uh, you know, Evan Carter's going to push Tavares and that's probably the best thing that you can have happen as an organization. And, uh, you know, once you get past that, you got, you got JP Martinez that can play some center mm. field. You've got, you know, you got different guys, uh, throughout the, you know, as we talked about yesterday with left field, once you get down, you've got more Bell Gutierrez, uh, young guys, um, I doubt that Dustin Harris will play any center field. Um, so that's probably not a spot where you expect to see him. And, uh, you know, once you get past Carter, uh, I mean, I don't exactly know what they would be using in center field besides him and Tavares, but uh, Garcia could play a little bit out there. We'll just, you know, uh, in a pinch, but I wouldn't imagine that he's the guy that you're going to have. You know, I, I would say it's either going to be, Leody Tavares or Evan Carter with my money being on Leody Tavares. Yeah. I, I think Tavares, man, like you, I've, I've said this a hundred times. I'm going to keep saying it. You don't have to have the best player in the whole league or an all-star at every single position to be a great made, a great major league team or a dynasty. Like you need guys that you don't have to pay $30 million a year but that give you great production at certain positions in your team. You need that because that keeps you from having a Dodgers payroll. So Leody to me is like the perfect guy for that kind of role. Uh, I think the Rangers still have some years on him in terms of his, uh, you know, some good, a good amount of time on his years. He's not a free agent until 2028. So I think like, I mean, to me, this guy is a huge asset to the team. I mean, 260, 260 batting average, a little above three on his on base, a, a, an ascending slugging, meaning like he's his slug is going up like every, you know, like he's on the upswing in his slug and his contact. So I think with 31 doubles last year and 14 home runs, you could easily see him being a 2020 guy, like a 20 homer, 20 stolen bases, uh, you know, 150 hits kind of guy like. It plays great defense, like he's got the speed. And even if he had to move to a corner outfielder spot, he's got the freaking cannon. So he could move over to right field and and play some right field. But I like him at center field. I think the big thing with him, you just get a little better at making reads, um, you know, in the outfield. Those are things that can be worked on. It's not a talent issue. So I'm, I'm if we keep Tavares at center field through 2028 and he just continues to crank out 260 – you know, uh, seasons and he's slugging around 450, you know, like stealing 20 bases and hitting 20 homers and getting 30 doubles. Like, give me that all day long. Like, I don't need a $30 million center fielder uh, on my team to win a world championship. That's my two yeah, cents. On I, the part. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And and like I said, if, if Evan Carter pushes him off the spot and he doesn't end up being the guy that you thought he was going to be, then it, it, it is what mm. it is. But so far through his first season of playing an actual full season, I kind of feel like he is who I thought he was. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's a good player that's going to, that's got a chance to be, you know, possibly an all-star at some point in his career. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's highly adequate in center field. And he, uh, he had a, you know, we, we saw at the very first day he came in and played center field last year, how he mm -hmm. sure that that defensive outfit mm. alignment and getting Grossman off right and getting Garcia back into right, yeah, he he makes a huge difference out there in that outfield. And I think people forget that whenever they see one bad read or they see mm. you know uh, the bad 
take on a ball or something like that. But but for the most part, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Leone Tavares probably will start the, should start the season in center field. Yeah, and like last year, uh, I think the like when you like I think he is an ascending player in terms of like his power because he his hard hit balls jumped up like uh, I want to say almost five six percent last year. So like I think he's just going to get better at seeing the ball, and he's shown the capacity to slug at that four seventy four eighty in the minors. So I don't think four fifty four sixty is too much to to hope for with a guy like this. And he's shown consistently two years year over year that he can hit at that two sixty um, two sixty you know average in the majors. So I I I think we got to hold on to this guy. This is the least of our worries. Uh, in terms of like on this team, we got too many other things going on that that we need to be thinking about. Tavares, to me, is not one of them. Center field depth is a good problem. Yep. Well, having center field depth is uh, a problem the Rangers do have because of the fact that they uh, do such a great job at developing uh, young outfielders and really just young position players as a whole. They've done it for my whole lifetime. Uh, and if you want to learn more about some of these great position players. Now is the time. This weekend is the weekend. We are dropping that top 20 prospect list. Uh, we've got our, it's a, it's a, we do it probably three times, four times a year where we put out our top 40. Uh, the first list that comes out is going to be the next 20, which is number 21 through 40. And then the top 20 is coming out this weekend. Told you earlier, we had a Christmas present for you guys. Well, here it comes for just $2. $2, you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys and get our top 40 prospect list. You can also get a deep dive into every single uh, minor league level over the last four weeks that we've done. So that is like six content packed episodes that you can just binge listen and you will be caught up on everything in the minor league system as of up to date. And it's only $2. So go over to our website, texasrangerswiththeboys.com. All one word. Or to our Spotify page and subscribe. And man, like have yourself a merry little Christmas. Give the gift of baseball to your significant other or to your best friend or to your brother. Or you know what? Buy it. Pop it on the TV. Let the family listen to it. Get your dog up to speed on what's going on with Wyatt Langford. Like the gerbil needs to know about the Rangers. Like, hey, this is your time. So tell a friend. Get in there. Subscribe. You will not regret it. The baseball savant, a.k.a. Morning Bull, is doing all the work for you guys to not have to go search all over the Internet to find out what's going on with this Rangers minor league system. He's doing all the work for you, and we're just along for the ride. So go check it out. Let's jump into – hey, yeah, and hey, that was one of my better commercials, wasn't it? That was was a pretty good one. We had a good commercial day. That was a pretty good – yeah, we have. Clear, concise, and compelling. The three Cs. So – Number five, I'm going to – you want to take this one since I've been talking for like five minutes now? Yeah, number five on our top 15 moments of 2023 for the Texas Rangers. We're going to go back to game one of the NLCS, and we're going to talk about a guy that we've been talking about almost all all show. <laughs> Jordan all Montgomery. You know what? It was a it was a good it was a good day to put this uh put this one on on the top our top five to come up because 
Not only did we talk about Montgomery most of the show, who went out there and wielded a five-hit gym over six and a third innings. Um, Mm -hmm. Leody Tavares had a big home run in that game as well. Mm, Look at that. But you know, the moments moments that stuck out the most, if you ask me, had to have Mm -hmm. been the at-bats that Monty had against Jordan Alvarez. Legendary, man. Legendary. Those at bats and and like those those at bats were so legendary that the next day the Astros had to come out and say that Jordan Alvarez was under the weather with the flu and that's why it happened. Mm, yeah, that's, that's how embarrassing it was. it was for him. Yeah, he had to like make up a an illness to not look so sad. Mm. So that's how good Jordan Montgomery was in that first game. And this is a game that whenever you're a Ranger fan and you look back on the time that Jordan Montgomery was here, that that's why you want him back is because of what he did on nights like this, where Verlander was dealing too. Mm -hmm. Oh dude, it was a, it was, it was was a battle, man. I mean, he went six and two thirds and just gave up that, you know, I mean, he, he let uh, Tavares let one fly on him, but I think the other run was, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it was an earned run, you know, like, I mean, they earned that run. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, I think it was an Evan Carter double and then a Jonah Heim single, and it ended up being, you know, getting one across, and and uh, then they had the home run, and, uh, you know, the Rangers, that, that was just such a big moment for the Rangers, especially because especially they had those five days off. Yeah, those, those oh, five days off. Those dreaded, those those the, the mm, dreaded five days mm, off, crippling. And uh, for, so for them to come out, get a nice win over the the uh, the the Astros that night, and, and and you know start that continue that improbable road run and, and get themselves out and out ahead of the Astros. It was just a I man. That was it. That was the biggest. Mo- you know that was. That was the fifth biggest moment of this Texas Rangers season. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't think what I I didn't think about how crucial it was that they they overcame that five day that five day off period. That might be as big of a moment that um is as the the amazing strikeouts well, the that, that Monty had, you know. The Braves couldn't do it, the Dodgers yeah. couldn't do it, who was it? The Orioles couldn't do it. Mm, you know, man. so you know, mm. that was I think that was a big thing. Also, don't don't forget that was the that was the night where the big uh Altuve screw up happened. Oh where yeah, where yeah, yeah, hits yeah. that ball and it misses the Crawford boxes, and Evan Carter makes that insane leaping catch, mm-hmm. and then Simeon's watching Altuve the whole way, knows that he didn't tag the bag, uh-huh. steps on the bag, and the umpire has no uh, choice but to call him out. Man, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. that was, what a that what a gaff, you know? A, a real a real big mistake there from Altuve that really bailed. Uh, Araldus Chapman out, and, and he got through it no problem. Yeah, that that's actually a great point. Uh, that was a moment too. So you you got to give it a a little bit of double moment. You get a double bonus moment uh, here on this one because yeah, I agree. I think that was also another big moment in this game. But man, 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 what a great uh, so we four a, more of these things. Yeah, we do. And it's insane that four more of these uh, Rangers highlights are going to be bigger moments than that moment, that this game and this moment for the Rangers season. Well, the fact of the matter is, is this team won the World Series. 
and we're gonna we're gonna we're these next four moments are probably gonna get as emotional as it can possibly get because it was a big deal. So hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. We uh, appreciate your time. Uh, we also are always get stoked to get uh, the morning bull out uh, and and get him in get him in full effect. So uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. We cover all things minor league. It's the gift of Christmas time of year for it. Go over there, $2 subscribe, do it now. If you want to check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTB. And thank you for following us on your favorite podcasting platform for the morning bowl. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Merry Christmas and have a great time with your family. We just as said couldn't be more excited it's, it's uh, to have you share this Christmas with us. Gift, uh, it's been the greatest Christmas gift all year, just having people enjoy this show and continue to listen to it. Absolutely. So for again, my my co-host, this is your boy Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. We are signing out. <laughs>